from the Upper Mount Samiesville Studios in Samiesville, Pennsylvania, comes the We Talk Games Interviews I mean, number 11. Sure. Not seven. I was thinking of 7-Eleven. I was thinking of the day seven. Remember that seventh day? Of the seventh sun? No. When uh, do we get Slurpees? <laughs> when they bring back the uh, Marvel plastic cups that give oh, you... Oh, those were the best. ...give you Chinese cancer. Yeah. Yeah, they were the best, except that people sell them now for like, uh, you know, $100 for a Howard the Duck with half its feet removed. I mean, what's right? These are the plastic ones. Now, I could see the 1970s Pepsis, mm-hmm. you know? That's what I'm yeah. talking about. The Arby's. And the right. Arby's did the Pepsis. Or even I was in looking at old bottles of Orbitz recently. Remember Orbitz, the drink with the little balls in there? Yeah. No. Yeah. From the 90s? Yeah. It reminds it weird. Me viscous fluid you could drink and there was little bubbles oh, yeah, in there yeah 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 a spider egg sploosh in your mouth yeah that's the gum that goes sploosh i can't imagine why that drink your failed mouth. yeah i used to like crank crank uh-huh. was okay. was delicious it was only in this area and crank was uh, uh, an energy drink but it came in a bottle i only could think people died of it <laughs> sure because uh, the orange was so good and it was always sold out uh, mm-hmm. Then you had to settle for the grape or the lemon lime. The lime was the worst, lemon lime. I remember so many weird drinks at the height of the energy drink craze. You know, of course, Four loco. What was that? That was an alcoholic beverage with nicotine in it or something. Well, it definitely, it definitely had a big caffeine kick, yeah. Right, right. And, and then, I, then, um, I had one. I, it wasn't that good. It was, you, no, you know what it was? It was, it was yeah. a malt liquor. Yes, right. And then there was crack. Remember crack? I don't remember crack. Uh, a bunch of Christian fundamentalist groups got upset because, <laughs> you know, this beverage company was marketing crack to children. They thought it was real crack when they went to buy it, and then they and it was just a shitty drink. energy drink. Yeah. yeah, and then I remember some pussy. Oh get no, get some pussy. Yeah, uh-uh. that, this was an energy drink around uh, around my area. Okay, and it had like, um, you know, the airbrushed ladies on yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, a pimped out car. Sure, think of that on a bottle, wow. basically. Wow. Yeah, and it was it was called some pussy. Oh, I know. see. Yeah, real classic. Interview Starcade, one hundred percent game talk, zero filler. Today's interview Starcade, we're bringing it back. Episode eleven. What was the last yeah. time we had um, episode ten? Yeah, that's what that was. It's been a while. <laughs> episode. But 10, tonight's anyway. guest, or today's guest, or tomorrow this morning's guest, or yes. tomorrow morning's guest, this a day, little dangerous himself, much like the energy drinks we're talking about. He's the Sean baby. Yeah. Why is he dangerous? He's edgy, right? He, at least that's how I remember him. He's he was the edgy guy. He's on our first Mohawked game guest. Yeah, he made his own game, which is who we usually have on. He made mm-hmm. uh, Calculords. Very good game to play when you're drunk. Would you be impossible? <laughs> We talk about that a little bit, and you're right, he was with EGM. That's why I make the joke about him being, like, way out watermelon, because I was trying to, you know, uh, talk about the people that named themselves Wacky Names in Game game Pro. Pro. In yeah, game, game Pro. Pro. You had your Sushi X and your yeah. Fart Muscle and yeah. all the rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite, Fart Muscle. I, I really fart enjoyed muscle Sean so Baby back in the day. That's how I, I got to know him was through EGM Magazine reading his article, rest of the crap which would normally be at the back of the magazine and he'd be regulated to review uh, franchise games like your Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen games and things like that and this was way before oh, right. the the YouTube trend of having somebody be an angry or a mad or enraged nerd or geek or whatever or yelling slightly perturbed yeah you know yelling into the uh, the camera he brought sarcasm he was, it was sarcasm. It was satirical, but it wasn't over the. You know, it was never over the top, but it was just on that edge that you could get past the publisher with. He played and it he for the came, truth. 
True, true. And he was it was just a lot of fun to read. Uh, he's a good writer. He's a great guest, which is why he's on Interview Stark, which he is? is why he was on the show. Oh. I like him. I wish he was out there more. I know he's still doing things. It's just I get nostalgic for the video game magazines that I've long passed. I know he joined up with Cracked. I remember yeah, reading yeah. Cracked as a magazine mm-hmm. recently at the time of this recording. I believe we're in the final month of Mad Magazine, so I'm getting a little nostalgic for the, the publications, you know? He was in the G4. He was in the MTV. Uh-huh. Yes. And he still has the Sean Baby website, which I still recommend greatly, uh, especially for its layout and its, uh, its amount of content. Oh, so much, too much content. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an ad that you would find in an old comic book. That would right. have don't get sand kicked in your face, except that it's little postage stamps, which reminds me of my favorite version of the We Talk Games website, which of course was <laughs> the one that it looked like a default placeholder website yes. that confused everybody who went there. Exactly. In fact, in fact, I remember us getting emails saying your website is down. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was was wonderful because it had Stinky, it had TT. It said We Talk Games, but it looked like a placeholder when a website doesn't exist and someone's just trying to sell the name. But it had all of our, you know, it had all of our links on there and you'd roll over them and it would show, you know, the real shows and the real everything. But it was just too smart for the room. I guess that's what happened. Yeah. Sean Baby is the type of guy that you always come to me with. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, you should do this interview because you know these people. Like, I'm I'm a guy that, like, the biggest time I popped was for the Fothergill brothers. Okay? <laughs> yes. The yes. guys that made Bernie Monkey Solitaire for the Mac back in the, you know, the early 90s. Or, <laughs> well, the early 2000s, I should say. Even Roger Sharp, you know, he mm-hmm. he's, he's like my tipping point. Like, I love Roger Sharp, so I'll talk to him about whatever. He, right. he did, you know, the Aerosmith game. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, everybody else is sort of like, dude, you should do these interviews because I don't know, I don't know anything. Well, I was very happy. You know, not my biggest get as far as, like, I didn't have to call Konami to get this <laughs> guest. Yeah. And, and go through their uh, phone system. But it was great to be able to have him on the show because yeah I grew up with Sean Baby reading his articles yeah. and thinking he was the coolest dude ever uh-huh. and I still think he's one of the coolest dudes ever yeah and so I'm 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 glad he was a part of our We Talk Games history and I I hope to have him back on the show and yeah maybe in the future if he does come back on maybe I will do a show with Who him. did you ever interview? Uh, Sailor Moon? Uh yeah, yep, I did uh Rachel Wheel yeah. I also spoke to Ray Barnholt. Oh, you uh, so did? I spoke to a, f- a few guests, yeah. You did yeah. the Ray Barnholt. He put out Blast Rush, and he was also part of the uh, oh, OneUp.com right. crew. Oh, that's right. That's while. right. Now I got you. Yeah, he yeah. he was not too long ago, actually. Uh, we did uh, Zexx. Right. You did that game with him, and I did Bomb Jack. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Good kid. Hey, the other thing about this interview, Starcade, which is quite unique is uh, not only is he the only mohawked guest i think i mean mm-hmm. i don't know because maybe handsome hank rogers might have had a mohawk at that time i'm not sure he could pull off anything that guy sure handsome handsome man handsome man wonder what he's doing in hawaii <laughs> but the other thing was that uh, he's also we're going to talk about actually a video game so it's not just an interview right. like we normally do he was a what did we call them uh, an embassy <laughs> embassy Some, guest, no uh industry guest host that's right right so, this is when we were doing the arcade weekly series mm-hmm, yeah. so he came on to talk about our one of his favorite arcade games we actually opened it up to the guests for them to choose what arcade game they want to talk about. Yeah, I heard that was sort of like a fix. That sometimes it was multiple choice. Did you? Yeah. Well, who the fuck told you that? Well, one of our guests, he said that he ratted (laughs) you out. Yeah. (laughs) He said, well, you could either Sometimes the guests needed a little help coming up with a choice. So I assisted them as the producer of We Talk Games. I produced. Do you want to review I'm Sorry or do you want to review Pac-Man Pocky Man 2000 Genie? 
No, I worked with the guests to come okay. up with a game that they would want to talk about. All right, let's hear and this. And I believe Sean, yeah. Sean Baby picked this game. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah. So let's hear from Sean Baby and me. That's perfect. That's real. <laughs> and we will go. Young and fresh. Here it all comes. We Talk Games, Arcade Weekly. It's the only Arcade Weekly show brought to you by We Talk Games. <laughs> when you talk about arcade games on a weekly basis through Arcade Weekly. I am one of your hosts, Wiggly. And on the telephone, young and fresh, he's our second industry. <laughs> he's young and fresh, second industry co-host of all time, Sean Baby. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. You're welcome, Sean Baby. Now, Sean Baby, uh, everybody knows you. Of course, you used to work with uh, Game Magazine. <laughs> yes, I was uh, with Electronic Gaming Monthly. Right. Who were you, like uh, Way Out Willie or somebody in there? They called me Sean Baby in the magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, I never wrote any uh, zany characters. Oh, I was like, uh, we had a Sushi X. That was not me. <laughs> uh, let's see. I was thinking of Game Pro. That's why oh, I thought okay. Way Out Yeah, that's, yeah. Way Out Wet Willie. The, that's all right. We'll fix all this in post. <laughs> and now you work for Not Brand Eck? Editor at Cracks.com, and um, that's kind of a main gig. I'm working on uh, making some video games, which uh, oh yeah, could take several years to finish this one I'm on. I, I got a little ambitious, but um, you can play my first game, Calculords, right now on all, all your devices. I can play it, but it makes my head hurt. It's pretty tough. It's a you, tough game. You know what's wrong with Calculords? you got to think. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> right. It's, it's a bit engaging for an iPhone game. So if you're trying to like do it on the bus, you might miss a few stops. Yeah, like you know when they, when they had a game like Sevens and you know Drop Five or something like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Tap, Why, tap, adventure. Yeah, you know. Am I wrong that there's no division? There is no division. See, that's the problem. Well, we get that comment a lot, but say you divide nine by two, okay. you end up with some decimals, oh. and then you get into the problem of what am I going to do with those decimals? And we sort of played with the idea of splitting those into two different numbers, but then that became a nightmare to balance. It, trust me, division is not a simple thing to add to that game mechanic. This is very odd that we branch off so quickly. We usually talk <laughs> to TT about that. We didn't even say what game we're going to talk about, but right. I really do want to talk a little bit about Calculord. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know what this is, everybody, you got to go download it because this is how I described it when I first played it a couple hours ago. And you got to forget. <laughs> you got to forget. Research. Yeah. I don't play video games because they're, they're like for babies. Like Google sure, Gaga. Sure. I'm a baby. Give me my money. I'm not into that baby shit. But I did break it out because I, I well, went on. is straight street. <laughs> It is straight street. I'll tell you what, if you see these homeless bums on the street and they smell, mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely not winos, because winos are the wimpiest drunks that you can be. They, oh, are, man. they are hard liquor drunks. That's a weird tangent, but yeah, I think we should talk about uh, fighting winos. For they're, me, strongly in favor. It's a controversial statement, but... It's a way of life, but winos are fucking the wimps of alcoholics never thought of it that way but you might be right you i could, thought it was like soccer mom day drinkers like oh, those are the ones where i look at them I'm like i bet i could take like two maybe three of those women in a fight <laughs> i always get the excuse oh but you could buy a more low or whatever the fuck you know this i don't know do you have to decanter a box of wine i don't know how that works Maybe. have I, you ever drank a whole <laughs> bottle of bad dog 2020 though i mean it it's pretty invigorating like mm. i bet i'm at my toughest after a mad dog 2020 hmm Hmm. I haven't done all the research. Honestly, I was not prepared for wino fighting discussions, but in a way, I feel like I've been training my whole life for it. You are the perfect co-host for me because <laughs> we will just be completely branched out on trees and run out of time before we could talk about the, the actual game we're going to talk about. I got a werewolf here in my home. Okay. She sometimes goes crazy. Werewolves. Now, were you team werewolf or team Dracula? Oh, I, I was kind of more partial creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, team creature? Okay, I was Team Frankenstein's monster. Uh, okay. That's on the Twilight movies, the toilets. So sure. the, the calculator game. Mm-hmm. Well, we did have a little bit of trouble when it when it came out. Like the reviews were three pages long each, and basically they just described how to play the game, and then the reviews just kind of <laughs> ended. So we think we got critical acclaim, but for the most part, people just spent the whole time trying to explain the game. By the way, it, terrific art direction. Number one. Oh. 
Thank so, you. One of the very few games that was art directed by a comedy writer. So that's, you know. Well, then there should be more. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Yes. So you also worked for that Cracked magazine and what, Me Worry? I still do. I work for the online Cracked. I've never wrote for the magazine. No, that's oh, it not was true. A magazine? Articles at the tail end of that magazine. Oh, God, I write so much. I forget all these gigs. If you go to SeanBaby.com, you can see this fantastic fucking layout. <laughs> you could spend the whole day going through all your little dots of That's true. articles and retakes on 1950s, 1960s comic pages. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of articles about romance books, mixed martial arts, video games. It's a pretty eclectic mix. You'll find something you like if you're not familiar with my jokes. Indeed. Speaking of romance arts, today's episode of We Talk Games is, of course, brought to you by Dr. Tung Tung's new and improved magic Tung Tung sauce. Dr. Tung Tung's new and improved magic Tung Tung sauce. To place a bag and a plenty of the boiling added, some salt water. To cook on moderate fire at 15 minutes. To get a bag, having picked up a plug for a loop stipulated for the purpose. To allow water to flow down. To open a bag, having broken off it online of notches. To lay out a product on a dish and to add oil to taste. Dr. Tung Tung's new and improved magic Tung Tung sauce. Why settle for old and shitty when you can have new and improved? 10 out of 10, Dr. Tung Tung. Dr. Tung Tung has been advertising on this program for at least two years. Really? sponsor to score like because a lot of times you get a sponsor you're like you know whatever here here's this mattress company or this toothbrushes or whatever and you know you sell it but like dr tung tung is like a product you can really believe in you can speak from the heart about how great dr tung tung is you can get behind it today we're gonna be talking about game from 1989 john tenta actually created this dr tung tung had a big part (laughs) in it as well you will notice uh, there's a sign in the audience that says oh no I'm, i'm thinking of matt mania darth vader had the dr tung tung's uh, sign. Today we'll be talking about a game by Technos of Japan from 1991 called WWF Superstars. Superstars. Let's go to TT Schmookins really quick with her TT Snapstats. Hello, I am TT Schmookins. None from AOA member has brother, and this is TT Snapstats. WWF Superstars was released in 1989 by Technos Japan. The game director was Kishimoto Yoshihisa-san. Yoshihisa was released from his mother in 1961. Kishimoto is the grandfather of the Heimaker genre and creator of both Kunio-kun and Double Dragon. Do you like apples? Well this guy created Double Dragon, how do you like those apples? WWF Superstars supports up to up to two simultaneous players, with a maximum number of two simultaneous players. The main board runs off of a 68,000 and the 80 with a YM2151 and an M6295 for music and sounds. Most cabinets features a horizontal, standard, 456 by 336 pixel raster monitor. All four characters can battle outside of the ring for a 20 count before the match is forfeit and you need to plug in another quarter. It is, however, possible to win the match by having your opponent counted out of the ring. If you are able to knock your legal man opponent out of the ring and then somehow knock down and cover the illegal man opponent inside of the ring, the illegal man will just stay in that rest hold for the entire 20 seconds and your opponent will fail to meet the 20 count. It is also possible to use the dip switches to set how many segments the Spanish announce table will break into when used outside of the ring debris. Yeesh. This Titi's Snap Stats has been brought to you by friends of the makers of Flonagen's Habitual Lim Oil. You now, it's back to Wiggly and our special industry co-host, Sean Baby, for more of the We Talk Games Video Power Magazine program. Joey Sassano's Z80 chips. She is. She also has antenna nipples, which are wonderful. As is the tradition with all of our industry co-hosts, 
The industry co-host gets to pick the game. So, Albano is a bum. Why WWF superstars? I might be a little self-indulgent. This is always my favorite game growing up. It's an arcade game I own in my home. Oh. I think, yeah. Objectively, this game does more in two buttons than any other game that's ever existed. You're like, oh, I've got a punch and a kick. And then, once you start getting into that game, you realize those two buttons can do everything. You'd have like 150 moves in this game. I think that's the basis of why I love it. Like, every game ends up different. This is kind of Technos' thing. Like, if you play River City Ransom or Double Dragon, you're like, look at all these things I could do with just these two buttons. Uh-huh. I think WWF Superstars is the best for that. Why didn't you go with WrestleFest, as most people would have? See, I think... Superstars is much better than WrestleFest. I think WrestleFest is just is a, it's just a little off. It's like not quite as polished. The collision detection is just a touch wonky. Maybe they're a little little indulgent with the animation. Sometimes you're like, do we really need to see like the quarter degree angle? It just sort of slows the game down and makes it a little sloppy. And plus it doesn't have Honky Tonk Man. No Honky Tonk, who is kind of the standout character in Superstars. You're like, Honky Tonk Man, great intercontinental champ, but like no Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan, right? No, no, no. no. Pick Honky. We'll get into why, but like Honky Tonk's a real solid character. Indeed. Okay, we will get into why. I can't wait Let's to find it. out. I think I know why, <laughs> but I'm not going to say. Oh. Now, who would you tag team him with before I go into a little bit of the making mechanics? I generally like Warrior, and Honky Tonk is your most versatile, powerful. Whoa. Yeah. But don't you know? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it was so unfortunate. He didn't even get his Elvis suit off. And he was like, now, what's the matter there? Me and Gene, I come out here, I said I would face anyone in the back. I didn't say I would face a warrior. I, tell, I said I would face anybody in the back, not a warrior. What's wrong with everybody? This is not fair. Nobody wants to see this. Did you have that prepared? Or do you just no. walk around with, like, honky-tonk entire monologues in let me your head? T- let me tell you something. Because you, you set me up. You said, I'm going to screw some names up. I don't. I always mess up pop culture. And then you, like, have 40 straight seconds of verbatim honky-tonk speech. <laughs> Listen, Jimmy Hart, I don't care if this is a, the <laughs> stool that Elvis sat his fat butt down on, slobbered in a microphone, don't be cruel and hound dog. Nobody wants to see Randy Savage jump off a 15-foot high steel cage onto the... Onto the honky talk man. <laughs> oh, man. I have an entire videotape that I put together called The Best of Honky Tonk Man. Wow. And the best thing I think that Honky Tonk ever did, and I, I believe this was back when he wore the suspenders. It was it on Spectravision. Uh, boy, it's been a long time since I watched that VHS. I'm going to have to bust it out. But mm-hmm. he was either going against Pedro Morales or Billy Jack Hayes. I think he might have had the belt, and he got knocked to the outside of the ring, and he was unconscious out there. Mm-hmm. And then the camera went down into his face, and he, he looked up and he sort of gave the wink, like, ha, ha, I'm going to get counted out. So I'm not going to lose nice. my belt. Yeah. Oh, that, no, that so, drove me crazy as a kid. Yeah. That kind of blatant cheating. <laughs> so that's the reason I would pick superstars as well. However, as I mentioned, John Tenta is, of course, in WWF WrestleFest. And that is the only reason why I would play WrestleFest. I'll usually t- team up Earthquake with Big Boss Man. Because mm-hmm. I just love doing Earthquake's giant earthquake jump. It's and such a good finisher. <laughs> landing on you with his diaper ash. When now, did WrestleFest have the full animation of him doing, like, jumping around on the mat and making oh. them shake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's the easiest one to do because you know that your characters are exhausted when they lay diagonally on the mat. Right. Normally, they'll be parallel to what you're looking at. So when they lay diagonally, you just get by their feet, you hit the one button, boom, 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 you start jumping up and down like a maniac, you hit both ropes, and then the diaper ash right in on their chest. Yeah. It's a video game. They could have had him just nail him, but no, it's just a gentle sit. (laughs) He always had diaper ash, John Tenta. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite guys. I never never got to work with him, though. Uh, Not that I worked with anybody in the ring, but I worked uh, outside of the ring with people, interviews and things like this. And I did punch Lou Albano in the belly. So let's talk about WWF superstars. I had no idea you were such a a wrestling expert. This is Uh, excellent. Unfortunately. (laughs) So let me just take us through a little bit of uh, the making mechanics, which won't take long because I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Tag Team Wrestling, of course, came out in 1983, and that was also by Technos, uh, published Mm -hmm. by Data East. And that was the first wrestling game. Now, was that one button or... 
Uh, I think that might have been one button. You know, I can't remember tag team wrestling. Well, I can't speak as an expert on it. Tag team was the first one. It was also called the Great Pro Wrestling. And that was the one where you could only be a tag team. You could only be one tag team. And you pretty much went against the same guys all the time. And they would go, right. hata, yata, hata, yata. And then this was the first time you had the one, two, three. And uh, <laughs> so you would get the lockup and then you would scroll through a menu of what Move oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall. I played the Nintendo version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was n- not a fan of that. Oh, well, see, well, when it was in 1983 and that's all you had, that's uh, that's well, when you were a fan of it. <laughs> sure. I now, what, what were you, negative one at that time? 83, I was seven. Oh, okay. Very good. So <laughs> you were able to drive, ride your bike to the arcade. Yeah, no, I drove my tractor to, to my job. It, <laughs> In 1983. In 1983, I was graduating, and I said, my first car is going to be a backhoe, and I'm just going to drive a backhoe around down you know, on the That's interstate. Crazy. Yeah, because you know, somebody's in your parking spot. It's yeah, if you need to stop to pee, you just dig your own latrine. Everything. It's got everything. If it's raining, you put up that little whatever pup tent over your head. So did you ever uh, get a backhoe? No, I never got a backhoe. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never too late did, for a backhoe. That's an old saying. It's never too late for a backhoe. That's what my great-granny always used to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. On my dad's side, now my great-granny on my mother's side always used to say, when the libido becomes attached to the aggrandizement of the ego, it results in narcissism and megalomania. Then came... My, my great-grandmother said, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can keep track of visions in my mind. I thought that was so great. After Madame Blavansky, then we have this happening. Then in 1985... What a diverse set of interests we're covering today. We're all over the place. This is awesome. This is the best show ever. <laughs> Matt Mania came out in 1985, and that was by our buddies mm-hmm. at Taito. Taito came out with Exciting Hour, Matt Mania. And that's a crowd pleaser. That's a fun game. Oh, my gosh. Is it not one of the greatest? And so ripped off by... Uh, probably by Nintendo's wrestling, especially, you know, the Piranha guy was... Uh, right. I think pro wrestling is a big improvement on it, but yeah, definitely mm, mm. influenced. Yeah, but... Mm, yeah, but... Mm. <laughs> I'm surprised with how much you could do with uh, with Matt Mania from 1980... Jesus Christ, 1985. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say that. Then we had Superstars by Technos, once again, came out in 1999, mm-hmm. and then WrestleFest in 1991. Well, there were a lot more wrestling games. Jesus, I'm, I'm skipping over a lot. Sure. Yeah, but, Capcom uh, had a pretty big one, that Saturday Night Slam oh, Masters, which sure. is a touch more final fight than wrestling, but still worth mentioning. So that's about enough of the making mechanics. You, you fucking pro-wrestle. The end. Okay, so so WWF uh, superstars. I'll run down the roster here. Hulk Hogan, Big Boss Man, the Ultimate mm-hmm. Warrior. Macho mm-hmm. Man, uh, Randy mm-hmm. Savage. By the way, are you friends with uh, with uh, Leap and Lanny Popo? 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 Oh, we don't hang out. You don't hang out? We toss the frisbee every now and then. <laughs> they used to film the Sunday shows here in Allen, the Lehigh Valley area at Ag Hall in Allentown. And they also filmed some in New York. And But Lanny Popo came on the scene right after... Uh, this happened. Hulk Hogan was just coming around, and this mm-hmm. is when he would walk around the ring, and every manager was saying that he was in their stable, and he still had like chest hair and stuff. And uh, oh man, that was back in the days when we had our first big heel turn, which was uh, Larry Zabisco against Bruno Sammartino. Boston Crab submission. You know, Larry Zabisco was Nabisco, Nabisco, some crack by Nabisco. He was his protege for all this long time and then all of a sudden oh you get hit in the head with the chair i saw my first blading happen it was all good i also hung out in the parking lot when um ted dibiase who was a non-playable person in this game uh Mm -hmm. was still a a youngster and he was the north american champion not the intercontinental and he got beat by uh oh boy who beat him Anyway, he hit him with a freaking thing on his knuckles, and I went out, and he was leaning on a car in a parking lot. He had a fucking dent in his head. From <laughs> <laughs> wish I could think of that guy's name. It was all a bit before my time. Yeah, it was. I didn't know DiBiase until he was full-on million-dollar man. Gotcha. And then, of course, there's that one time when we went to the City View in Allentown, and there, sitting all by himself at the counter with his fucking trunks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a plumber's crack, Rene Goulet. 
He's just hanging out in his, his underpants. His embroidered panties <laughs> sticking out from underneath his jeans. And uh, it was just a very sad moment. I, I don't know oh. why. Very, very sad. But, uh, yeah, you used to go and Bob Ockland would be doing his freaking uh, stomach crunches and everything uh, before the tapings. And they tape like three shows. But they charge you five bucks because they'd have some dark matches in between mm-hmm. um, each taping. Uh, and it usually involved Moose Monroe. <laughs> who is a scrub? You've probably never heard of that scrub. No, but yeah, not he, familiar. he did a great job. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Macho Man Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You got him. Mm-hmm. Don't like that fella. Hold on. You yes. don't like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I always liked the heels. Let me tell you a story about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Let's I saw hear. him wrestle probably 15 years ago, so pretty recently in Hacksaw time mm-hmm. uh, in Eugene, Oregon, and. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out and he does one clothesline and then he rolls out of the ring and does like 25 minutes of USA chance. And not a single person there was upset about it. Gets back in the ring, the heel gets scared and leaves, 20 more minutes of USA chance. The whole match, 17 hours of USA, USA, and every single person will swear to you it's the best wrestling match they ever saw. I saw the same match at the Philly Center. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get the feeling he invented it that night, no. but it was perfectly executed. You're absolutely correct. That was a show that George the Animal Steel actually put on, because uh, oh. George had a, a wrestling um, dojo, I don't know what the fuck you call him, wrestling office. He go into office. <laughs> he had a wrestling office. He was a teacher. Yeah. Um, but uh, What lucky kids to find out their teacher's George the Animal Steel, like... Finding out Santa Claus is real. That's just, that'll change your whole fucking world. Can you take your shirt off? <laughs> what color's your tongue? Yeah, indeed. What was this? Oh, he handed me his, his uh, card. And and right on there, it said George Animal Steel Wrestling. And there was a cross. There was a cross on it. Oh. Good Christian Wrestling Federation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's a real pious guy, that George the Animal <laughs> Why is it? Um, eh, eh, we could go off on that for a, an entire another show. Well, I'm sorry, for the, listeners. The majesty of Jesus Christ. Yes. Is that, <laughs> let's do it. Wouldn't Jesus Christ have been a great person to come into this? Like, just with a foreign object, hit you with his cross, and then you'd never you know, see split. that heel turn coming at all. You'd be like, "Whoa, Jesus is a bad guy." Jesus is coming to help the ultimate warrior. Oh no, he hit Elizabeth. <laughs> he turned her to fish. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we have non-playable characters: the Million Dollar Man, uh, Ted DiBiase, and his tag team partner Andre the Giant. Both of mm-hmm. them non-playable, uh, but that is the tag team that you want to go and beat. And they're always uh, talking shit at you mm-hmm. throughout the whole game. Because the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and, and Andre the Giant are only in tag team, I just have a feeling that Technos felt the WWF superstars just couldn't carry a full match. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it's that so much as just like there's a, the DNA plays just much deeper with a tag partner. Like you have a whole safety net of an extra health bar. Mm. It, um, there's a whole outside of the ring element that mm. like chaos can really erupt. Like my brother and I used to play this all day, every day. And we would do things where we'd leave the ring and that would give the second player the opportunity to like leave the apron and control the other character. And then they could sneak in and just do tons and tons of damage against an AI that's completely confused as to what to do. And like that became part of our strategy. Gotcha. We really didn't get to find out exactly why and the more whys of what you think about this and why you think that the best team is the ultimate warrior and honky tonk man. Okay. Well, Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior are the best strikers. And if you're really trying to play it safe in this game, striking is sort of the best way to to get through there safely. Because once you get in a tie-up, the AI will dominate you. And other players, it's just kind of a flip of the coin who's going to win that tie-up and do the massive damage. Sure. So your safest kind of hanging back and kicking. Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior have these gigantic brick walls of kicks. Like, they stick their foot up there, and if you get anywhere near that foot pixel, you're just knocked silly. So... You want one of those guys in your team just to, for safe striking. But Honky Tonk Man almost has the exact same level of kick. Mm. Like, it's good. It's a sweet kick. Honky Tonk Man also has two running attacks that the AI can't duck. 
which is very, very handy. But the thing that makes Honky Tonk Man best, him and Big Boss Man have this, is they can tie up Andre the Giant, put him in a headlock, and then do like a power move against him. So Honky Tonk Man can grab Andre and give him the noogie. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you try any power move against Andre, regardless of anything, like Andre just blocks it and counters you. So can't pile drive him, no. can't press slam. If you uh, press slam Andre the Giant, you would be elected emperor of the earth. <laughs> You know, what's funny is when Andre was face and Hogan was heel uh, Mm -hmm. in that one match in New York, it was almost the same thing as WrestleMania, except with the roles reversed. Mm -hmm. Andre even played it in that match. Um, He got the extra hundred bucks. But let's talk about real wrestling on the video games, (laughs) because that's the only place you can do real wrestling. (laughs) They call it in the ring on the video games, by the way. Honky Tonk also has the wonderful (laughs) fist off the top rope, uh, just as he does in the ring. And his shake, rattle, and roll is quick. It's a quick swing and neck breaker. You don't have the big buildup, but it is there. It is there. It's there. What else about Honky do I like? He's got a great shape. (laughs) He's very sexy, very erotic. He's oiled up just enough. Oiled up just enough. <laughs> I like to team up Honky with his nemesis as well, uh, with the Macho Man. Or mm-hmm. I will do uh, Honky and Big Boss Man. And it's nothing to do with strategies. It's stri- strictly about right. those are like the only two people well, I like Let, in let the me game. tell you, the, the fun things about those two characters you picked, Macho Man has uh, a clothesline where he'll, it's high risk flying lariat. So he'll jump up, clothesline the head and take him down with him. And it's one of the most satisfying moves in all of video games. When you hit that, it's just sweet. If you're good, you kick the guy, stun him a little, flying lariat. And you just keep doing that, and you will wreck dudes. Boss Man has the only infinite combo in the game. When you have their health low, he does the, the side slam, mm-hmm. the Boss Man slam, instead of the, the back body drop. Anyway, the point is you, you get him to the ropes, Boss Man slam. And, when you, and if you let the AI get up from a super move, they'll get up groggy. So then you walk into their back, and then you'll throw them into the ropes again, automatically, boss man slam. And you wow. can repeat that for 10, 12 hours. That's great. Did you ever do that? <laughs> I have done that many times. I have like arcade oh. game in my living room. Sometimes I'm just like, I would like to spend today doing infinite boss man slams. I'm very jealous. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> boss man slams all day. <laughs> You know, a lot of people don't even realize that you can do the finishing moves in Superstars. Because mm-hmm. it's a little more obvious in WrestleFest, but it's it's a little more subtle in Superstars. Yeah. Can you run down some of the different things? Let's see. Hogan's got his leg drop. Oh, at yeah. any time, you just drop the leg drop on their head. Macho Man's got an elbow off the top. Honky Tonk Man, you mentioned, has his shake, rattle, and roll, falling neck breaker. Well, I guess Honky Tonk in real life has a swinging neck breaker. It's very clearly a falling neck breaker in the game. Yeah. This yeah. is some this is some high-level wrestling nitpickery going on. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, Hacksaw does not have the shoulder tackle. They gave him a flying knee instead, which is maybe weird. I didn't even realize Yeah, that. and in fact, the, when the AI has Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it is a dropkick fest. I have oh. no idea why, but they just they said, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was known for his dropkicks. <laughs> Aerial acrobatics. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I always thought and, uh, he was known for his Coke. He <laughs> <laughs> definitely got the best Coke. I love watching Hacksaw these days because, like, they'll have these wrestling specials. They'll cut to the wrestler. And the, the kayfabe days are kind of gone. So they'll sort of mm. talk about, like, what was supposed to happen and behind the scenes. Like, you know, I was scheduled to lose this match, but blah, blah, blah. Like, we mm. all kind of know wrestling is fake at this point. Sure. Hacksaw and Jim Duggan did not get that memo. <laughs> so he'll talk about it. As if, like, we're six-year-olds in 1975, and, and we, we still think wrestling's real. I actually have a shirt that is still available online that said, Remember when Sheik and Duggan had that crack? Mm-hmm. And when they were uh, yep. in a big feud, they got stopped. I believe that was also yeah. here in the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> I could be wrong. Somewhere yeah, in Pennsylvania. But yeah, there's all those famous wrestling stories like when Hogan was with the Savage Samoans, and their characters couldn't talk English. So, like, they ended up getting in a ton of trouble for an unregistered firearm that they could have cleared up if, like, the dudes could talk. <laughs> right. And I just, just, what? Yeah, the Samoans yeah. had their rest. Why can't I think of the, what you fucking call your wrestling place? <laughs> they had their, their wrestling training center uh, here in the Lehigh okay. Valley as well. Yeah. And for some reason, well, let me let me just, just stop here real, really quick here, Sean Baby. Like, I haven't talked enough in this episode. 
But uh, um, I've been with Trapdoor since 1987. We started doing music together. And mm -hmm. uh, I used to wrestle Bionic Bigfoot uh, dressed up as a $6 million man. Uh, oh, nice. The real $6 million, not the million dollar man or not Steve Austin, the, not the $6 million man, the Bionic yep. guy. And I even had the patch on my, my shirt of me to prove it that I was the doll of myself. And oh, wow. So That's I, a meta. So, <laughs> yes. So I'd have to try to get some pretty big guys to be Bionic Bigfoot. And mm -hmm. this one fellow I got, and he was training with the Samoans. And Alpha said, don't work with that guy. He's no good. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a musician. I sing and I dance. <laughs> and we do one little wrestling bit that, you know, I get hit with a trash can and then I do a bionic jump and, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I got a quick question. <laughs> do you rip bionic Bigfoot's arm off? Uh, uh, that that would have been the ultimate. One time I did take off his Yeti head because it was he oh. was a combination. <laughs> he would wear the Yeti head uh, hat if you remember when they would do things about the abdom abominable, dominable snowman, abominable, dominable, abominable, dominable, abominable, abominable, abominable. It's pronounced abominable. <laughs> so when they would do stories about the abominable snowman, they would always show this guy, <laughs> and he had no teeth, and he was wearing this fucking cap on his head. Mm -hmm. So I made that cap. It was later found out that it was Baboon's ass sewed together or something like this. Wow. So he would wear that hat on top of his curly Andre the Giant hair. He also had fuzzy boots. And he dropped me right on my fucking head with a... <laughs> Should have listened to Alpha. <laughs> but this was a different guy. That's why. Okay. See, because Alpha wouldn't let the good guy work with me. We could really do mm -hmm. wrestling. The other people I had to teach how to do these things. So we had to do things wrong because they couldn't get them right. Instead of taking real pile drivers, I had to take, you know, tombstone pile drivers and protect my own head. Right. Yeah, that's and, very safe. And, your head. Good to go. Just, you, just, get a, get, you get a mouthful of taint, but it's better than having your head dropped on this stage. <laughs> Indeed. There were just all these different ways that I had it. So I had to like take it back, uh, uh, upside down backbreaker to be thrown down then on my stomach through a, a trash can or something like this. And he mm -hmm. had me up there and his boot got stuck on the rug of this uh -huh. one stage and he tore his ACL. Oh, so here's Brian Bigfoot tearing his ACL and, and dropping me on my head. I'm seeing stars. He goes, Wiggly, Wiggly, my knee, my knee. I'm like, oh, wait, well, you have to go to the hospital? What's going You know, he's whispering. He goes, no, no, fin do the finish. <laughs> do yeah. the finish. It's a fucking song. We don't have to finish. <laughs> so uh, as he walked to the back, I ripped off his uh, <laughs> I ripped off his Sasquatch hat, and I just threw it at him in disgust, and he walked away. <laughs> and just he sat in back of the stage the entire rest of the show, and it was just, oh, I just felt so weird. bad. He's okay now. He's okay now. And I did see stars. Real sad ending. Yeah. Feel so bad for Sasquatch. Me too. But the guy Didn't that. Just me out had to sit there looking like an asshole the whole show. In the back. And I, and I shamed him. I baboon assed shamed him. Ugh. Right in his clown yeah. wig. That guy probably sits up in the middle of the night sometimes just thinking about that. Yeah. You know what? He caused my second divorce, and I really liked that girl too. So, <laughs> fuck so him, fuck you know, exactly. I was always, him. I was always on your side. Don't get me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> the guy that was with Alpha, he actually split me open too because I couldn't afford a new trash can all the time. So he'd have the Bionic Bigfoot trash can. <laughs> we do the Six Million Dollar Man song, techno-y type of stuff, and I do the mm -hmm. slow motion jump. And then, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me, Bionic Bigfoot sneaking up in back of me with his spray painted trash can that says Bionic that says Bigfoot on it. Bigfoot number one, probably. Because I used to have to straighten it out. The seam of it, when he, oh, that's right, his fucking baboon hat fell down over his eyes. So when he hit me in the back, he actually hit me in the neck. And it just happened to hit me in the neck with the seam of the garbage can. So he split my neck open <laughs> in the back. Yeah, like, I saw the documentary on this and uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, I could have been crippled for life. You could have, yeah. could have severed my spinal column. And he did that blind. That's just instincts. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I always had the ref in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty deep cut pop culture reference when you got like, you're referencing a single episode of a, of a 1970s bionic show. Two, like, two episodes. One, he, he, they one, was in two episodes? Yeah, one he was Lurch uh, and the other one he was Andre. 
And it's as if they never knew the other episode existed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a time to be alive. Oh, it was great. It was great. I don't know if it was in his contract, but Lee Majors, of course, he wore the very, he wore a V-neck that stopped at his belly button. Yeah, but so every show he's wearing a leisure shirt with his V-neck down to his belly button, all his chest hairs and everything. So they're in space. They're going for a moonwalk. So everyone has their big moon astronaut outfits on, giant turtlenecks made out of, you know, big foam rubber. But but Steve Austin has a V-neck space suit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the end of that. Oh, 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 by the way, I had to mention this. LC75LC71. That is the password to something. So if you can figure that out, you'll get into that account. I just remembered who hit Ted DiBiase with the freaking bar across his fingers. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. When he was that heel. sounds like something he would do. He was yeah. heel, and he won the North American Championship, and I believe he retired it. And that was the end of that belt. He and uh, Vince McMahon, a lot of the high-level executives, they've always had this running gag where they trick each other into uh, looking at each other's poop. Did you know this? <laughs> Now, this is something I've never heard. No. I yeah, didn't I have a buddy, this. and he used to uh, write for WWF. Uh, he wrote the Big Boss Man Big Show feud. Uh, he was a writer during that time. <laughs> Writing so on the coffin? Actually, yeah, he was personally responsible for that. And uh, if you've ever seen wrestlers, when the camera gets right into their face and they're looking around to make sure no one's looking, he invented that because he just thought it was funny that they were being sneaky while literally a camera is two inches from their face. <laughs> I know. Um, I hated yeah. that. His name is Tommy Blatchett. He made um, Metalocalypse. He's a very, very funny, talented guy. Anyway, he would tell these stories of how they would like constantly say, like, I need you in this other room. And they'd go in the other room and there would be like a pile of poop or they'd say, hey, I need you to come into the bathroom and like listen to this phone call. And boom, toilet full of poop. (laughs) Sean, baby, what would you change about WWF Superstars? I know you have this in your house, but what if you could change something about it that you think would make it better? What would that be? I would add the ability to taunt because the AI can actually do each wrestler's taunt. And it pisses me off so much, not just because they're mocking me, but because I don't have a button to do that. That's the only thing I would change is just I want to make Honky Tonk dance. That's (laughs) what I would change in my real life, too. That would be amazing. The only thing I would change about it, I think, would be, well, I can't even think of another character I would want in there. Ravishing Rick Rude. You think that would have been a good pick? Oh, he would have been the best. I think managers would have been nice as well. Just have him ringside every now and then, you know, give you a cheap yeah. shot when you go on the outside of the ring. It's an interesting idea. Superstar Billy That's Graham that. was always my favorite wrestler when I was a kid, too, but he was mm-hmm. he was out of the WWE. A little after his time, yeah. Oh, he did come back for a short time as a kung fu. First of all, he was dead, by the way. So Superstar Billy Graham was dead. I don't know how many years he was dead. But he had died. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he came back with a bald head and a black beard and kung fu pants. And he was a martial <laughs> arts master. <laughs> and that lasted about a week. Pretty impressive for a dead guy. And then he died again. And then it was Ken Patera. That was also past his time as well. But then uh, he got sold down the river. But I also missed the one, two, tawee. I don't know why. That wasn't put into this game. That's actually a really good note. I think the the one, two, three, I think that's, I think would have improved the game a lot. It would, Take the audio straight from that Tootsie Roll commercial. <laughs> three. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what, that's what, that's what should always happen after someone did three. Three. This is a time of the show where people are fucking trying to get their head screwed on straight. After our mutual tangents. And we do our one sentence review. So, uh, Sean Baby, whenever you're ready. <laughs> this is the best game. That's a pretty good one. I don't know if I could beat that. <laughs> this is the best game. You know, we don't, nobody even knows what you're talking about. <laughs> this is best. You have to listen to this podcast, find out what the best game is. You could quote him on that as well. It's just going to go on my Twitter. It's going to say, this is the best game till they Sean baby. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You watch right as soon as we hang up. 
It's happening. I prefer a dash over a tilde. Okay. Or a soy americano. I'll make it happen. Here is my one sentence review as I make it up on spot. <laughs> You've had all this time to think and you don't have it ready? I don't have anything. Okay, here's my one sentence review. The game may feature a basic grappling and attack system, but from grappling with the honky tonk man, that's a comma, but from grappling, when you grapple with the honky tonk man, why settle for old and shitty when you can have new and improved? That sentence was a four out of ten. Best I can give is a four out of ten. Do you give it the three smiley faces? Is that what happens on the Game Fan Pro magazine? <laughs> I think you mixed uh, my magazine up again, but what I did do was that would be a solid burn if I wrote for a magazine that rated by smiley faces. <laughs> I actually had a Game Pro magazine because I sent in what do you call these tits and trips? Yeah, tits and tits. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I sent in a tits and tits for a uh, uh, crater maze. Because I got Crater Maze home, I immediately beat it, and because it used the password system, I wrote my letter immediately, sent it in a GamePro, sent it in an EGM, and the only place that printed it was the best place, GamePro. Absolutely. I, I got my Fido Dido t-shirt <laughs> that said, <laughs> games are awesome, or something like that. <laughs> you know, your life probably would have been better if you didn't have that t-shirt. It so, was like I mean, 2XL and all the neon so colors. And God bless both of you. I think each of you made some some serious errors in judgment. But um, the, the EGM with, I think it was Ninja Gaiden 3 for the NES on the cover. If you have that, you will uh-huh. see my letter to the editor about oh. the pros and cons of people shitting on the Turbo Graphics. Don't shit on the Turbo Graphics because you Genesis, were defending the Turbo Graphics. Yes, the Genesis is okay. You know, it's good. It does this well. It does that well. But look at all the colors and the and the palette swaps that the Turbo Graphic is doing during the different shooters of Galaga. So you, you were pro Turbo Graphics sixteen. You you were using its technological power Dude, as your, your the backbone of your argument. I sold all the Turbo Graphic systems in the United States of America, which isn't a lot. Yeah, all 12 of them. That's a good, that's a good job. Oh, 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 Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> you got jealous abs, brother. Wrong. If, if they would have, listen, here's all they needed to do. When they brought out the Turbo Duo in America, the Turbo Duo, so late that they bring it out in America. When they brought out mm-hmm. the Turbo Duo in America, and it's the Turbo Duo in America, if they would have just put that one extra 8-bit chip that they had in the Super Graphics in the Turbo Duo, it would have fucking blown away the Super Nintendo and everything else. That fucking yeah. console kept its shit together. Then double that with a duo. That'd be a TurboGrafx 48, if my math is right. And that's like <laughs> 17 more than the Sega Genesis. So that's solid. Listen, the TG16 could display longer sprites. Yes, the Genesis could display more sprites, but not as long as the TurboGrafx sprites. And the turbo well, when I'm playing a game, I do generally measure the length of sprites and say, like, well, this sprite is a little longer, so <laughs> I have to give this game a 9 out of 10. All right. Well, you stick with your blurry-ass shit games, and I'll go with my color-popping eyeball fun b-ball. See, I didn't know your sales pitch was this good. I can see how you sold so many TurboGrafx 16s. And, and the Turbo Express was, like... Beyond anything else, yeah, it costs eight hundred dollars for a handheld system. <laughs> it's a great deal. It, look at the links. Jesus Christ, what type of eyeballs did you need to have to think that the links look good with all those scan lines? <laughs> you had to be wearing those glasses that made you be able to see the X-ray vision in order to actually see what's going on in the links. I love the links, and I love my links cable. And I love playing uh, squash ball against a uh, Robo mm-hmm. Robo squash. I love every system. I yeah. just don't play them because they're for little babies. Goo goo gaga, give me my nunny. Sean, baby, uh, it's been great talking to you. Hey, you uh, pronounced my name right. It is it is Sean, baby, followed by a four second burp. <laughs> and I hope to see you in one, two, three. That's a great button. Mm. You're one of the best.
Well, we've been all over the place, and I appreciate it, and I hope that you come back on the show sometime if uh, you ever have time, and we go way over as well. So, SeanBaby.com to find out everything that you're up to, and uh, let me tell you, it's a lot of funny shit. Anything else? You want to plug? Please enjoy Calculords on iOS and Android devices. Get it for all your things. Hey. Good interview. I, I like to listen to those again. I miss Sean, baby. (laughs) 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 I miss Father Gill Brothers. Great episode. Uh, And uh, a little bit of the wrestling for all your wrestling fans out there. Had some wrestling, had some uh, honky-tonk praise. Of course, why not? You gotta. Hey, you know, last episode we did on the regular We Talk Games was a review of cinema. And this was the first time we ever talked of cinema. Not video game related cinema which was going to be a thing with mr lobo and still can be in the future if if i can get him to you listen to mr lobo get back on the show right the halloweens are coming up too so maybe we can make that happen yeah as long as he's not on his subterranean telephone walkie-talkie system (laughs) (laughs) that's the only sad thing about when we reviewed uh joysticks yeah only guests that requested a fucking nextel (laughs) right Oh, we well, well, they could be on that Nokia game system. We thought Ralph Fair system. was difficult to deal with. Oh, my with. gosh. Yeah. For those who don't realize, we had Ralph Bear and Nolan Bushballs on the same episode. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Only here on We Talk Games. And maybe some maybe some high-budget, uh, what do you call these things? Ken Burns Effect show? Ken Burns Effect show? Yeah, the Ken Burns Effect show. A documentary. Yeah, no. No, the, the high-budget podcast just read off Wikipedia. <laughs> they don't actually get the guests to talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> they don't what? get the guests to talk to them or play the games involved with them. What stupid Wikipedia is. We had all these people on our shows, and they won't allow things only said to us on our shows, like that right. Ralph Bear insisted on doing video Skype. <laughs> the only <laughs> guest in the history of our show that insisted, insisted, on doing video Skype. I said, Ralph, you're going to sound like you're uh, fucking underwater. And and so it did. And yeah. so it did. And there was an echo everywhere and everything else. But we reviewed Hulk 2003 right in the We Talk Games feed, uh, which is a first. And I don't know if we'll do cinemas in the, in the future. I hope so, even if they're not We Talk Games related. But there's also some tag called um, WeTalkCinema.com. And yeah, also okay. a, a also, a coldopening.com, so we can even do television if I bring All back right. the giant media ball. But I wanted to mention about how good that Hulk was. And since last week, when uh-huh. we, when did we release the Hulk? Yeah, last week. Last week. Since then, they released uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame on video. So this uh, VDD or whatever. Right. <clears throat> so I can't believe no one ever spoiled the movie for me. Especially the fact that it's incredibly fucking boring. I can't believe I wasted my entire life. All that time I wasted on this slow-paced piece of shit. And if anyone has a problem with that, there's a small town right outside of where I live. It's called Shut Your Fucking Mouthville. Uh, you can really? uh, go visit that. They're open 24-7. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of things that just dropped on video on demand or streaming, yeah, uh, I would like to talk about the Speed Racer movie from two thousand eight. Okay, okay. You know what? I rewatched that after I yeah. initially threw up in my sandals and mm-hmm. walked out, and then I rewatched it not too much later. So I'd be up for we watching that again. But it was also a PlayStation One game. Yes, it was, and they released that in America. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Shocking! Not I, that good I, I remember a game. A, uh, an arcade game. Oh, and then you know what? Then they brought out the game. Then they brought out a new version of the game, like maybe for the Game Boy Advanced that was based on the movie. I think. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I'm right because normally I'm. So I'm gonna say I'm right. That's about it. We heard from Sean Baby, and uh, we didn't hear from the Father Gill brothers. Maybe we'll do that no. on an interview, Starcade, if you let me. Maybe. <laughs> Go check out SeanBaby.com. That's Sean spelt the Irish way, S-E-A-N, mm. baby.com. You know, that means John. Sean and John, John are the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, breathe that fresh air of shut the fuck up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you tune in next week where 
I don't know. I hope something happens. There's supposed to be some type of thing going on this week. But I had a push on on this big... Uh, I don't want to get into that. Tune into our uh, Patreons to find out about that. Where are you? OneRadT.com. O-N-E-R-A-D-T-E-E.com. Okay. And I'm at PeppermintTeaDecaffeinated.com. <laughs> That no. was available, huh? It was available. <laughs> Decaffeinated peppermint tea.com. Now, uh, wiggly check on Patreon and, uh, you know, look at that stuff. There's a lot that's free, so you can check that out. There's a lot that's free, as I mentioned. That gives you an example of what you're in store for. Okay, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Interview Starkey. It was great to be with you again, Kyle. Yeah, let's talk again next week. Maybe. I don't think so, though. Oh. Are we going to talk next week? I don't know. We might. Oh, well, you don't want to speak to me anymore? I don't know. I'm sort of, sort of getting sick of you. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're not sick of me and you live in the New York area, be sure to visit uh, the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo happening this weekend. I'll be there shilling my goods. Oh, will you? I will be. Yeah, they didn't pay me a fee to go. The other thing is is that go visit the shelf. Sure, yeah. If, you're, if you live on Long Island and the Suffolk County area, go down to Port Jeff and visit the shelf for all sorts of unique items. And we hope to be bringing a live program there. That'd be awesome. Sometime uh, happening Sundays, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sundays? That'd be good for me. Yeah. Don't drink the Carvel beer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't let the cookie puss and the fudgy the whale beers fool you. That tastes like crap. That's my review on fudgy the whale and cookie puss beer. I didn't know that was a thing. Limited run yet. It's an IPA. Uh, of course it is. Yeah, I piss out my ass. That's what that stands for. <laughs> this beer. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, on that note, <laughs> I hope you join us again for We Talk Games or Interview Starcade or one of those things that we do. Uh, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.